Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Wagner. Thank you for joining us today. As always, the episode is something I'm excited to bring you. I'm so blown away by my good fortune in life to continue to be engaged with, in connection with the people that listen to this podcast and also the people that I get to interview and engage with because it fills me up. It gives me good energy, gives me something to bring into my life to impact the people that I care about the most in the best way that I can. It also helps me serve my clients, my teams, organizations, leaders that I work with, with the best stuff I can bring them. I hope that you're finding this value here as well. And if you are, share it, give it away. We talk about it all the time. Give it away, give it away for free because we can't expect things to come back in the way that we expect them to, right? They're going to come in different avenues, different areas, and it's going to be bigger, more, more abundant than you can imagine, even though it might not look the way that we wanted it to in the first place. That conversation, this idea of abundance is present here today in my conversation with Mallory Nicole. She is the host of the Abundantly Clear podcast. I love this title, Abundance and clarity, two things that if we focus our attention on in a meaningful way, we get better. What does it mean to have an abundance mindset? What does it mean to create clarity for your people, for yourself? Hugely important conversations. And we dig into those today with Mallory. She's also an executive coach to high-level leaders, high-level businesses, giving people the foundations of what mindset can do for your life. And when we talk about mindset today, we're talking about conditioned beliefs that influence our behaviors. Man, I'm just all in on this stuff. If you didn't know, it's why I have a business called Eyes Up Mindset because I want our conditioned belief. I want our belief system to be one that is open, willing, available to meet anything that's coming our way. And then Eyes Up is about meeting it with the right posture, meeting it with the right passion, meeting it right with the right intensity, meeting it with the right faith, the right belief system structure in our life. When that foundation is solid, Mallory says this in the interview today, when that foundation is really solid, we are able then to clean up the operations because we don't have to clarify details for our team. That's an amazing perspective when we go back and do the little things right from the beginning or when we start from a great place when we have that beautiful foundation it makes it easier a lot of challenges in here a lot a lot of great things to think about how are you doing it what can we do better i was called out a few times by mallory and i appreciate it that feedback is wonderful can't wait to bring this episode to you Mallory Nicole of the Abundantly Clear podcast. Here we go. 
Mallory Nicole, the Abundantly Clear podcast. We're grateful to have you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited already. We've already like found so much synergy in conversation before we hit record. So I'm just really excited to keep continuing the conversation and see where it goes. Yeah, we we just said we got to press record because we're stepping on everything. <laughs> and those of you that have listened for a long time, remember John telling me to stop asking questions before the mic, before record <laughs> happens. Uh, I love the name Abundantly Clear for two reasons. I'm going to ask two separate questions about it. I think that will lead us into the bigger conversation here. The first abundance is a is a thing that my heart just longs after in a in a spiritual way in a social way not necessarily in the way that society would think of it like is a it's a financial gain sort of abundance why does kind of a two-part question even mm -hmm. i'm just all over right now why does the scarcity mindset why is that so prevalent in our society right now that you see and that you experience, how do you, how do you see it manifest and show up in the people that you're working with? Yeah, that, that's a really great, great question. And it's just to give a little background into the types of people that I'm working with, because I think a lot of times we think about scarcity in terms of money and we yeah. think about people that don't have money or people that do have money. And it's a very black and white objective, put you in a box kind of thing. But I have a, my typical client is already making a couple million dollars a year in their business. And they're looking to keep growing to 10 or 15 and they're looking to grow their team. So we're not talking about people that, you know, don't have abundance already in their life, but where scarcity shows up in performance has so much more to do with conditioned beliefs and thinking and kind of like this. I've, I've heard you talk about this on the show. It's like the baseline default of why you do what you do and why your behavior is the way that it is. So to be honest, it really doesn't have anything to do with like how big your house is and how much money you have in your bank account and all of these things that we think it does as far as like collective society talks about. It's way more about your energy state and your behavior and the the baseline, the foundation behind why you're doing what you're doing. A really easy frame that I like to think about is like if you think about two different trees, you think about like a, an oak tree and like a pine tree. Well, a pine tree doesn't have very deep roots. An oak tree, if you look at their root base, it goes really, really deep into the ground. That's the abundance foundation. A pine tree, if a hurricane comes in, you know, I live in the southeast, if a hurricane comes in, uh, it's probably going to take out a few pine trees. It's just the way that it is. But that root foundation, when it's based on abundance, you have such a different life experience. So can you speak to the things that you see as, I don't even know, triggers, points of emphasis, things that you visibly in conversation here, listening to whatever it might be? How do you get to this idea that, oh, it's not that you are stuck on the external thing that we're talking about that you're showing me, how do you get in with these clients that are saying, I have X problem with a deliverable for myself, yada, yada. But really you're identifying that maybe the roots, the root system isn't there in, in terms of abundance or whatever. There's a, a million things that you talk about, I'm sure, because I've done some of this work with clients myself where it's mm -hmm. like, what is what is actually missing is the thing that you don't see and what are what are some of the triggers that you see because i think the listeners out there are going okay that's cool i mm -hmm. probably struggle with this but i don't know how to identify that struggle mm -hmm. that i'm going through yeah so 
we normalize our levels of stress, especially people that have a lot of responsibility. And I know that people that listen to podcasts are typically people that in their life, they have a lot of responsibility. They say yes to a lot of things. They're not typically the people that are just like, okay, what's the, the, the bare minimum that I can do in life. People that listen to podcasts and read books and focus on personal development. You want to be the best. You know, you want to do good in the world. You want to make an impact. You want to show up and contribute. That's just part of your identity. But what happens is sometimes the identity of that person doesn't match the responsibility and the things that they're going after and the focus for where they're headed in their life. And when that identity doesn't match that, that those deeper subconscious stories, you end up with a person that's like, why am I stressed out all the time? Why am I overwhelmed? Why does it seem like I never have enough time? And they continue to think that they need to just keep outworking their problems. So they're thinking in times of hours in the day, it's like, you know, maybe if I just work on Saturdays, or maybe if I just do this, or maybe if I do that, it's what else can I do instead of looking at how am I being in the world? Yeah. I love that. We talk, I, I have a talk that I, users groups called who versus do right so instead of what can i do who am i becoming and mm -hmm. you know listeners will they'll know that this is a, a topic that hits just home hard how did you get here what what drew this veil from your experience where you're like this is the secret this is the thing because it's not about what we're doing it's mm -hmm. about who we're becoming what what made that come clear for you yeah, that's a great question. And like so many other people that have these like overcoming stories in their life, I actually got into coaching because I got really physically sick and I was working for an engineering firm at the time and I started having all these weird body symptoms. And I'll, I'll preface this here for a second. This was like eight years ago. This was before people talk about health. Like you get on Instagram and you can see 10 things about health that you wouldn't have seen 10 years ago on Instagram. Health is such a prevalent part of our society and our life. But at the time for me, when I was trying to figure out like, what are these symptoms? Where are they coming from? What's going on with my body? A lot of the things that people talk about in health weren't being talked about at the time. So it took me a little while to figure out what was going on. Once I figured out what was happening, I have a gluten intolerance for those that are like, well, what did she find? What was it? Yeah. I have a gluten intolerance and it was crushing my liver my liver enzymes were going through the roof. I felt like I had the flu every single day. It was just really weird stuff. It was tanking my entire system. Um, now for those super health conscious people, I could talk 45 minutes about how you don't just get a food allergy. There's actually a lot of layers that develop you in, up until that point, but to, to stay on track and to stay on focus. <laughs> yeah. What I learned in that time was, man, there's so much I don't know about health. I really want to know more. And so I started going down this track of health coaching and learning about what, what the body is doing and why the body works the way that it does. And that opened up my world into coaching in general. And this really bizarre thing started happening. I started health coaching on the side, and I just began finding the people that I was talking about, we weren't talking about health. We were talking about their behaviors. We were talking about how they're showing up to the world. We were talking about their stressors. We were talking about their conditioned beliefs. And naturally, 
I started getting more certifications and just continuing to go down that path of interest that was like, you know what? Health got me here, but there's also something else showing up for me. I'm just going to keep going and see what happens. And, you know, years later, now here I am helping people with very similar things, but I just had no idea that this is where I was headed. Yeah. I, I think that's so interesting. We we rarely understand. I mean, just start because you don't know where it's going to go. So trying to control the path that it's going to go to, to yes. end up on. Like, I think that's where a lot of us, like you talked about, the people that listen to this show, the people that are engaged in personal development, we actually want to control the places that we're headed to because we are in control a lot of the time, right? If we're in leadership mm-hmm. roles, if we've been successful, if we have a business or you know trophies on the wall or whatever, we're going, well, I know how to do this stuff. I've done it before. And yet I, I, I love what you said here, this kind of internal belief structure, this internal belief system, the behaviors that are manifest out of that are not like they're controlling, they're not freeing. They don't let you follow the path that you're supposed to be on. We were talking before we started. So this this recent health issue this eight years mm-hmm. ago had nothing to do with the brain injury that you suffered. Was this prior or after that experience, the brain injury? Yeah, that's a great question. And this ties into a little bit more spirituality for me. Sure. So the the health piece was after the brain injury. But when I look back on the last 12 years, I really think the brain injury situation for me in my life was, you know, it it, it was God trying to speak to me and say, hey, like there's something else for you. Let's wake you up so that you can see it. And unfortunately, a brain injury wasn't enough for me to, to see like what was available to me and the personal changes that I was being you know, asked to acknowledge at the time. And I just kind of continued to live my life the way that I had prior to the brain injury, not a whole lot changed. And then I got sick and that like really woke me up. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. The things that are just precursors to the, to the bottom. Right. I, I, again, I've had a personal debt story bounced hard off the bottom, but there were so many pieces of evidence data points prior that was like you probably need to fix this you probably need to fix this actually if you don't fix this it's going to show up in a way that you can't control any longer and and i i I resonate deeply with that because eventually you do have to find what your foundation is you know and for many of us that's spiritual that's that's a place where it's like okay this was maybe not predestined but it it is an eye-opening experience that I get to say to lean into what, what I believe in deeply. And, you know, for, for some of us, that's a spiritual resonance and for others that may not be, but we still, you know, like, is it my relationships that I believe in? Mm-hmm. Is it my community? Is it, you know, and some of those things are less filling. I'm just going to challenge you people, right? If it's your work, it's probably less filling. If it's people like, I love it. I'm about community. I'm about people. And yet, People are going to fall short also mm-hmm. often. I know I do. Um, so coming out of the brain injury, we will fall into the health yeah. situation and you end up coaching clients that have means. What is the biggest takeaway for you in, in working with the, kind of that process of life? How is your life different 
And what would you say to somebody if they were, if they had a three minute conversation with you, this is the thing that's going to change your life. I know that it's not, there's not a thing, right? I, I understand yeah. that process, yeah. but if you were to say, this is where I, where I would start today. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, for me, I really think we don't question ourselves enough. We don't, we don't sit around and ask ourselves, you know, what else could be possible in my world that I'm not allowing? And what else could I create that I haven't yet seen? And what else could I contribute that I'm not allowing myself to contribute? And I, in, in the beginning of coaching, I never was like, I want to coach millionaires in their business and help them with their <laughs> mindset. Like that wasn't like on a vision board for me, but, and it was a lot of un, unraveling my own Am I worth it? Do I have what it takes to do this? Like, am I credible enough? Because I just started marketing myself using social media and I started talking about mindset and behavior and, and how all this stuff manifests and translates into our business performance. And the caliber of people that started reaching out to me was like, you know, I hadn't grown into that caliber of person. Sure. Yet. It was like far beyond who I thought I was going to start how attracting. How do you reconcile with that? Or how did you reconcile with that? Like a coach, maybe, like, yeah. no, like very black and white. I was working with a coach at the time and it, cause it really scared me, Jamie. I was sure. like, you know, I don't, I don't have years of cre credibility in this. Like, I'm not really sure. Like, what if I do it wrong? Like, who am I to be like working with a CEO of a company that has a bunch of employees, like, I don't know if I can really do all this stuff, but when I really think about my timeline of my life and I haven't added this, this in yet, I've been coaching people for decades. I just started getting paid for it. Yeah. Like that's really the transition. It was something that I had always done. I didn't see it that way. And there was growth in me to be able to say, oh, well, like, of course you have people reaching out to you for help because you've literally always had people confide in you. You're just getting paid for it now and turning sure. it into a career. But man, there were so many like mindset blocks and hurdles and like, who am I to be doing the stories that were coming up at the time? Like, oh man, a hundred percent. For sure. I think anybody that's on this path towards development, towards like the journey, right? We, we I say it all the time, right? It's a journey. It's a, it's not a destination. The journey is the process, right? And so you're going to have these moments of extreme doubt in ourself, this like imposter syndrome stuff. I, I deal with it just about every day. Like, who am I to have a podcast? Who am I to be coaching coaches that are more successful than I am. Who am I to be in a business world setting? Because I was a teacher and I was a coach. Like all this stuff doesn't feel like it's me. It feels like something I'm trying to pretend at sometimes. And yet I walk out of the conversation. I walk out of the meeting and go, man, I really think we got something today. I think we were able to solve some problems or create new questions. And I, I love mm -hmm. how you, I, the question I asked is what would you do? And you said, we don't question ourselves. I love this idea of reflection. How do you start asking the right kind of questions? I think that's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I read this recently. It's like where we look is what we see. Mm -hmm. And so if, we're, if our visual field is, you know, 45 degrees this way, we see, you know, maybe 90 degrees of the circle. We have three quarters of it that we don't see just because visually we're not attending in that place. Our questions dictate our visual field in some ways. They point us in the direction that we want. So when we ask poor questions, we don't get good results because we're not looking 
in a 360 sort of perspective. Mm-hmm. As a coach, I know this because it's what I also do. Like questions are our superpower in some way. How do you start developing those questions? Not just for yourself, for those people that are listening. Like, how do we ask these questions of ourselves? But as we're engaging with our staff or our, you know, our followers, I guess is the best word I can yeah, think of. Yeah, right? yeah. As we lead our stakeholders, mm-hmm. how do we ask them good questions to be knowing where we should go also? And how do we ask those questions of ourselves? Great question. I think to to start, I would suggest like anybody that's listening to my show, and I I talk about doing this process a lot on on my show also. But anybody that's listening to this show, you want to start with rating yourself. I do this with clients too because rating the different categories of your life is going to show you where the gaps are. And like, don't do it in your head. We use a different part of our brain when we write than we do when we talk. So you and I could sit here and have a conversation right now. And you could tell me some things, but then if you go write it down, it might be completely different and and vice versa if the roles were were switched here. So you want a pen and paper, look at the categories of your life, your marriage, your health, your career, your community, your joy and fulfillment, and just scale it from one to 10. Like on a scale from one to 10, how fulfilled am I in my marriage? On a scale from one to 10, how fulfilled am I in my career? On a scale from one to 10, how fulfilled am I in my financial abundance and my relationship with with the finances that I have in my world? And if anything's less than an eight, there's some radical honesty that you get to explore. Like that's a, it's a good thing almost. It's not a bad thing. You have to objectively look at this from a place of non-judgment and just curiosity and go, well, why did I rate career as a six? Like what's going on there? Am I not being challenged? Am I not allowing myself to grow in a way that, you know, maybe I'm limiting myself and I'm not seeing what else is possible? Especially if you're a business owner, you know, I don't know how many business owners listen to this show, but if it's less than, you have so much opportunity. Like you get to make the rules in your business. Let's see what else is there. But you have to know what you're starting with. For sure. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're starting with, it's really hard to figure out, well, where do I want to grow? Yeah. That self-awareness piece is, is absolutely critical. And I, I think about this, like, okay, coaches, I, I have kids and athletes rate themselves all the time. And the question I ask is why wasn't it higher? Why wasn't exactly. it lower? Like we want to, we want to identify both of those things. What, why there are limits, right? And you've identified some of those limits. So what things are, make it a six, but it's mm-hmm. also not a two. So why is it not a two? There's things you do well too. Right. And so I think that question is, is really, really valuable, you know, beyond business owners. Like, did I do my best today to be a great teammate? Did I do my best today to give great effort? Did I do my best today? Like, Okay. Fulfillment is a life scale. Like in terms of giving Mm -hmm. something, we can talk about what was my best looking like? Did I fulfill that role? Did I fulfill that need? There's a lot of ways that we can ask these questions beyond just personally. We can ask these to our, to our people also, but if we aren't doing the work personally, I think, I think this is a critical part. If if we're not doing the work personally, we're not going to be able to show up for the people when we ask them to do it. Are you are you trying to push this stuff down when you're working with CEOs and, and business leaders and, and this stuff too? Are they are you in, encouraging them to work this into their process with their people? Or how how does that work as you I'm I'm just curious because you're like mm-hmm. kind of a, the CEO is a little bit of a conduit 
to you to say, this mm-hmm. is what it looks like from my perspective. How do you get, and this is kind of my second question, the abundantly clear podcast clarity, mm-hmm. right? How do you help your clients get clarity about not only their performance, but the performance of the business, the system, the organization that they're working with? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And so many people think that they have like operations issues and they think that their business needs more organization or more operations. And And here's what I'll say about uh, operations. There's totally a need for operations. I am not a person that's like, no, it's all just mindset. You got to have your stuff streamlined and you got to have it organized. But what a lot of people miss is that the 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 grounded foundation in your business cleans up a lot of operation stuff without you having to add more layers of operation stuff in the business. And that goes back to how you are leading. So that's really where leadership comes into play. But leadership to me is a whole lot more that like when I read a lot of leadership books, I'm like, oh, there's just so much that's missing. There's so many layers here that we're not talking about, about conditioned belief and behavior and understanding like why you are the way you are that will help you effectively show up to your team in a different way. So it really starts with that, you know, owner or sometimes it's a CEO, the owner's a little bit out of the situation and they have somebody in that seat. It starts with that top tier person. And when they do this shifting work, this transformational work, when they start to see themselves through a different lens, they start coaching everybody else. So it's really interesting what happens. You know, I have people that come to me, they're like, I don't understand why my team won't just step up and and do lead themselves when the leader hasn't realized that they haven't given their team the permission to step up and lead themselves. You know, there's still control thing going on with wanting to make sure that everything's taken care of. And it's, I'm going to use this word and I know that it's a little bit of a sensitive word. You're still coddling your team a little bit. And because of that, they're not stepping up to their own full potential, but it's stuff like that, that we don't see. And we think about it as like a team performance issue when really it's, well, what's being modeled to them? And do they have the space to step up and develop? Are you doing your own work to create the capacity that you need for the team to also step up? Because you know what takes a company from five to 10 million, that's team performance. It's not so much what you're doing more of, it's all about your team. It is all about your team. And you being the coach of that, like you're the CEO, you're the leader, you're coaching everybody else into their peak selves too. And then it happens with a whole lot more ease. So I'm curious, do you identify or notice that the conditioned belief, you've said this phrase a couple of times, I love it. The conditioned belief that CEOs deal with is that I am the one here that is capable and that my people might not be. It's so funny. You know, I was just having a conversation with someone about this yesterday and it's it's not always that there's a couple ways that it shows up but like for for example hit this guy yesterday love this guy so much he's got such a great energy such a great business he's got employees that absolutely love him and you know his thing at the time was the stress and the overwhelm of dang i got 40 people relying on me now sure. to hold the ground and hold the foundation but the way that he was talking about it i'm like oh there's something going on here he is experiencing that as like so much pressure, so much inner pressure of like, now I got to carry all these people around sure. me when there's just a shift there. It's like, wait a second, you're, you're freaking brilliant, man. 
you know what you're doing. You've always been a leader your whole life. Of course you have people that want to learn from you and that are leaning on you, but you don't have to carry them. And like just spending a little bit more time, you know, that that's a, I'm paraphrasing here where the conversation went, but spending more time on shifting that energy from, oh my gosh, everybody is relying on me to, well, yeah, man, I'm super smart. I know what I'm doing. I'm worthy of this. And all I got to do is keep being me. And that unlocks the potential in others. The weight is then lifted and then everybody else continues to rise too. One of the things I heard you speak to is energy management in a podcast Mm -hmm. I listened to yours, like energy management. I love this idea. I I read something recently, not, I don't know, wasn't that long ago, so I'm not going to get it exactly right, but it was something about what we are doing is not the force multiplier. Our energy is the force multiplier. The thing that we bring to the thing that we're doing is actually what allows it to grow and to blossom. I think the thing that you just said is really interesting that the way that we feel about like even saying something like I am capable, there's a loadedness to that societally. There's a sense like I can't say I'm awesome. I can't say that I've got this, you know, like, and I, I, I work with teams where I'm like, we have three types of self-talk, instructional, motivational, or calming that can bring us out of kind of the shame spiral or the guilt spiral or whatever. And I'm like, motivational does not work for me, period. Mm -hmm. You've got this. I'm good enough. I can handle it. Like it just, it's not an effective tool for me because what it does is it ramps up a different stressor. And I was trying to work through that in my own life. Like, why do I feel that? Why do I feel like I can't say that I'm good enough? Why do I feel like I can't say that I'm capable? I think that people struggle with this, that that's one of our conditioned beliefs is like, we have to be meek or we have to be humble or we, how do you work through that? I'm just, I'm personally, I'm curious. Yeah. So I'll go back to the conversation I was having yesterday with this guy, because a little bit of that was showing up and there was an old belief, like old, old, old belief that's been around for a really long time. And he, he had a story that was playing out of like, well, if I keep growing and if I keep becoming someone who's seen as a leader and I keep having all eyes on me, no yeah. pun intended, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then that means somebody else has to lose in the process. So sure. my winning means somebody else is going to be in pain or somebody else doesn't get the chance to also win. And a lot of times that's what it is. We don't step in to rise to the occasion because we're so worried unconsciously about really weird stuff. Like, and, I, and I've seen it in myself. Like we all go through this. I'm not, an, an, I'm not, I shared with you earlier, like my own stuff in the, in this growth process too. We all go through seasons and growth in this of like, well, what it, what does it mean if I make more money or what does it mean if I win the award or what does it mean if a lot of people do lean on me and ask for advice and admire who I am and who I've allowed myself to become we make it mean that other people are in in some type of like deficit or pain because we rise but really like if you think about how wild it would be if all of us were just saying yes to this work, what kind of planet would we have a decade from now if everybody accepted, no, you know what? The more I rise, the more I give other people the permission to unlock the brilliance in them too. Whether you're talking about 
coaching 15 year olds in wrestling or helping business owners that are wanting to grow and scale their companies. It's the same principles. Yeah, absolutely. This to me is abundance mindset, right? That it's not zero sum. It's the capacity that everyone can win. And, and I think about it, you know, as you talk about speaking specifically to wrestling, we were having this conversation beforehand where it's a little bit like the, the world that I interact with is, is a little bit limited by an old school set of beliefs that, you know, it's all about the technical, the tactical, the way that I can win and the way that somebody else can lose. And it's just ingrained into us so deeply. And it mm -hmm. becomes the way that we see the rest of the world, our business life, our marriage, our whatever, like with my kids, I feel that way sometimes. Well, if I have to give you this time, I'm not getting it for myself. What a terrible way to think about spending time with your children, you know, but I feel that sometimes I absolutely see that in my own life. And I just, I think the work that we try to do with our clients, with our people is to say, no, this is like, yes, I'm still struggling with it. Yes. I'm still on this path myself. And yet when we build the foundation that you're speaking to about, we can all win and we can all thrive. And when we all work hard, we all get something together. So, you know, like, but somebody has to pull us there together. I, we're talking a little bit about these mental blocks, right? Mm -hmm. This is effectively a mental block. I've heard you speak to this a few times. What are some of the other big mental blocks that you see for leaders? You know, we just talked about it. If I rise, somebody else will not, or I'm the mm -hmm. capable one and I have to control it. Maybe other people can't. Those are two pretty heavy ones. What are some other mm -hmm. major ones that you're seeing yeah. that might unlock so something just... for somebody listening? You just touched on one. So I'm going to, uh, can I reflect back something? Sure. Because this one happens all the time. And I catch this with myself too. I'm still struggling with this. That in and of itself is a mental block that we put on our energy and on our capacity sure. to open up more abundance. Because what we're saying is I'm still in a state of struggle versus this is something new that I'm experiencing. Sure. So when we start doing this conscious focus work, we have to be like really particular about the inner talk and the language and the dialogue and the things that we're saying to catch the beliefs because sometimes they're so sneaky. Like that's a really <laughs> sneaky belief. Like everything that you just said, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, but there it is because I've seen it in myself. I've done For that sure. before too. I'm still struggling with this or this is super hard. When we look at the identity and we go, well, yeah. It is hard because I decided that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and that I wanted to be a business owner and that I want to create this company and this culture and have a bunch of employees and do life differently. But hang on, I decided that because that's who I am. And I didn't want to settle for you know anything less. I wanted to let my brilliance shine. I wanted to grow. I wanted to do all these things. So that's how the energy of I'm still in the struggle or I'm still in this hard place becomes of of course you you have these things that you're experiencing why is that a big deal this yeah. is literally what you chose and that's the identity rising to match what's happening externally and then you just become someone that's like yeah that's normal for you you're somebody that chose this and you almost can laugh at yourself a little bit and go oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the frame that you just put around this. This is new. It's supposed to be 
a challenge. It's not, I'm still struggling with this. This is a new challenge, a new experience that you've brought into your life because you've wanted to transform into another version of your life. Like, I think that's, we get caught in these scripts and these stories. I've heard you say it a few times now, even in this episode, right? This conversation, the stories that we tell ourselves, the scripts that we run in our head become attached to something back there always Mm -hmm. in the past. And yet the decisions that we're making are about present us or future us, not Mm -hmm. past us. Yet we get shackled to that. Mm -hmm. There's no question there. I apologize, but uh, (laughs) that's just a thought I'm having. It's part of the conversation. Yeah. So the, I worked with some people asking me similar type questions in it, not necessarily a coaching role, but a mentoring role. The, the question was, what do you want? What do you want? And this is a surprisingly hard question to answer it is a really, as an a really adult hard question for people. How do you lead people kind of as a teacher? I'm going to use this language scaffold people mm-hmm. to that yeah. place where they can they can actually identify the thing that they want to be rather than the stuff that they want to do. Yep. That's such a great question. I focus more on what, what's, what's exciting to you. And there's even another layer here and it's the stuff. So interesting because sometimes it's complex and sometimes it's easy, but like even the answer, the, the answer to this question of what do you want and looking at what is exciting to you? Like for someone that's pretty stressed and pretty burnout, it's even hard for them to pick apart, like what's exciting to them. So there's a first thing that needs to happen first with that individual person to get to clearing some of the clutter so that they can open up the vision. There's some identity work that needs to happen. Um, and that's the deeper work. You know, it's not necessarily something that you're going to hear on a podcast and you're just going to do, it's like a process of transformation that you, that you go through. But the vision stuff, you know, even for me asking, like, what do I want? Like, oh, I don't know. That's a huge question. Like, am I going to get the answer right? Am I going to get it wrong? Who's going to tell me if I failed or passed the test, depending on what I what I put on my my vision answer? So to me, what I like to think about is more of what would be really exciting if it happened this year? Like, what would be really exciting if my life got to that point? So I was playing with this last year because I started to notice uh, it, it summer and fall of last year. I was like, oh, I'm plateauing a little bit. I wonder what's going on. I wonder what's going on with my own energy. I love my clients and I love my work, but I'm not allowing myself to grow. There's something here. So I started to tap in a little bit to like, what would be exciting to me next year happening in my business? What would what would the thing be that would make me look back and go, dang, I'm proud I did that. And that's awesome that I put some effort into that and I put some work into that and here I am now. And it was a book. I'm writing a book right now. It's pretty challenging process. You, you're you sure. in the process too. Like <laughs> it's sure. not something that just you know happens overnight, but it's growing me in a way that I didn't even realize that I was wanting to grow because it's forcing me. Um, you know, I, I just use the word force. It's, it's not forcing me to do anything. I chose this, right. But it's requiring me to put intellectual property onto paper. And that in and of itself is like such a growth process when you've been coaching people for years and hours and how to talk about identity, talk about identity stressors, right? I'm not a writer. I'm not like, this isn't the whatever. I mean, I write a lot, but I still struggle with that. I, yeah. I still struggle yeah. with that. How many times am I going to say that today? 
think listen to how nefarious our language is it's conspiring against us because of this like the stories that we tell ourselves this is mindset work in and of yeah. itself we have to be paying attention to the stories that we're saying and it comes out we just aren't listening we and don't I, always listen and yeah. that's the brilliance of having a coach mm -hmm. That's the brilliance well, of having yeah. these types of conversations. It totally is. And this is like the, you know, this is the the hard, the, the hard part for being a listener and like, oh, of course she's going to tell me everyone needs a coach. But I'll tell you, Jamie, like I, my life wouldn't be where it is today had I not invested in myself. Investing in me is different to me than investing in my business. I've also made a lot of business investments that have helped too, sure. but just having that third party that's not in my world every single day, be able to ask me the questions that make me go, huh, I don't know. Why am I doing that? And why haven't I thought about that? You know, I actually just, this is interesting that we're talking about this today. And as I was talking about like vision and what excites me, I just hired another coach this yeah. week that I'm working with. I didn't have one for about a year and a half. I worked with someone intensively for a really long time. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go out on my own for a little while and just you know, see what it's like, which I do think there's a healthy balance. You don't sure. always need a coach. Yeah. But when I started sensing that I want to write a book, I want to do things different this year. I want to grow. I also was like, you know, God put, put the person in the seat for me to know that yeah. they're the, the trusted advisor to help me get to where I can go next to help more people and, and get this stuff out into the world. And this person showed up. Well, I think that's interesting because there's there's this thing about boundaries, right? That we have to understand in some capacity that I can't do everything on my oh, own. Yeah. Like I like I can't do all of it by myself. I can't do and and like you've again, another thing I've heard you mention, like boundaries allow us to sustain our energy, allows us to work through the process of I'm I'm struggling with this or I'm like not adding too much or not developing these things that are going to just be all take, take, take. Mm -hmm. I need to have firm boundaries. What are some of the parameters that I, I love that you just mentioned this, like coach, having a coach is a boundary with yourself to a degree. Yeah, like it's, it's, it is. It's, it's forcing you to reflect. It's not forcing. It's your choosing to reflect. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to get this right. I promise. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so what are some of the boundaries that you help people set to continue to sustain in times of challenge? Mm -hmm. That is a really great question. And boundaries is one of the principles. Like I've got five principles and boundaries is one of them. Vision is another one and identity is another one. So sure. we've covered three of them, which is awesome. Boundaries. A lot of people think about boundaries as, in terms of, am I ending my day at five or six o'clock so that I can be with my family and my kids in the evening? And am I making sure that I'm not working on the weekends? That's great, but that's time management. Boundaries is way more about another layer of depth of what am I allowing in and what am I saying yes to and what am I putting out? There's a whole other layer of boundary work that I like to do with people. Yeah. And that really goes back to that scale and that measuring system of like, you know, if you're a business owner, I want you to like rate every single one of your clients. Like how much do you enjoy working with the people that you're working with? And if some of, you know, if you're looking at your client load and half of them are like under a five, what's going on with your identity that's not setting up the boundary for you to be like experiencing your business and life the way that you want to experience it. Sure. Another boundaries thing for me this year was I need to hire a team member. 
you know, I have some contract workers that help me with some projects. Like I don't do my podcast production. There's, there's a lot of things that I don't do, but specifically this year for me, it's okay. If I'm going to write a book and I'm going to keep opening up space to coach more clients, I also need some actual support. I need to hire an assistant. That is a boundary for my energy of it is time for me to grow. There are some things in my business that I'm going to pass off to somebody else and, you know, give somebody else a great working experience too. And it's working out really, really well, but that is a boundary thing to me more than anything. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that opening to what's coming in, what's going out. What am I allowing? What am I receiving? I think is another way to say that. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, you know, and I'm going to be real. There's, there's some family that might need boundaries in people's yep. lives. There's some oh my goodness. relationships that, that so might need boundaries. Is. Like, mm-hmm. you, okay. Because people, and it's not energy vampires and all that stuff. Like I, whatever it's, but it's, it's there. And we have to identify what am I giving to these spaces because it's my energy that I am sacrificing. And, um, or giving like they're both, both those things are real. Like I want to choose, I want to opt in. I want it to be intentional. I do a lot with stoicism and Ryan holiday stuff. And like he talks about our reasoned choice, right? Stoicism is about our reasoned choice. We choose with rationality, the thing that we want to do or the way that we want to respond. That's the thing that's in our control. When we abdicate responsibility to our boundaries and I'm a Midwesterner, right? We just say, yes, like, thank you so much for <laughs> allowing me to help you express yourself better or what, I, you know, like we just say mm-hmm. yes to everything because it's kind or we think it's kind, but what's kind to us? What's kind yeah. to yourself? What's kind to your business? What's kind to your employees? What's kind to your athletes? Whatever people you lead is saying yes right now going to benefit all of it or does it just make you feel less guilty in the moment absolutely there's so another another principle because we can throw it in real quick as we're we're tying all this together is expression we actually don't always feel great just saying no so this is like i've got an entire section of my book about this because you and i i i I sense your energy you're a really nice guy someone gives you an opportunity in your inbox invites you to come do a talk or something you don't just want to respond to your email that's been sent to you and say, no, thanks, period, and and send it off on its way, right? Like, that's not, that doesn't no, make I wanted, you feel like a nice human being. I want it to be a three paragraph, <laughs> here are my reasons for saying no, right? Well, don't get, don't, don't let me go down that rabbit hole. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm aware of the challenges anyway. But the expression piece really is working on that communication. You know, I, this came up for me a few weeks ago. Someone was asking me if I wanted to be a part of this big thing that they were doing. And here's the thing. It's a great thing. Like love what they're doing for me right now. And what I'm working on, I do not have the capacity for it, but I didn't just want to say no. So that expression piece is where we get stuck because sometimes people don't give themselves permission to say what else could I say here that makes this feel like a really clean response and doesn't feel harsh or mean or rude, but is also kind and represents the type of person you are. So for me in that moment, it's like, hey, I love what you're doing. I'm yeah. going to celebrate this as it can as you continue to launch it out. I don't have the capacity for it right now. I'm really focused. Thank you so much for thinking about including me in this process. Yeah. 
And then I'm not like going to bed at night feeling guilty because, oh man, I said no to so-and-so and this and that. You know, we just, we don't have time to waste our energy feeling guilty all of the time for the things we're saying no to. It doesn't serve anybody. Yeah. And people don't care in the end. I mean, like eventually right. they just move on. They're going to find somebody else to serve the need. Like they have a deliverable they need to produce. If it's not you, it's somebody else. Yeah. There might be a right. moment of frustration. There might be a moment of disappointment or it might threaten in our mind the relationship in the long being or the long run. Like, okay, just respond with, I love it. I don't think it works. Sorry. Like right. move on. They, they don't, they have to find somebody else too. The longer we waffle about it and yeah, I don't know, like it delays their capacity to find someone who's going to do it and do it maybe even better. Right. And so and it's such an energy leak. It is such yes, an energy leak. <laughs> so brutal. Anyway, I'm so grateful that we got to have this conversation. We didn't even touch on Harry Potter. Thank you for our nerddom <laughs> together here. I'm just going to acknowledge it. We didn't touch on Harry Potter. I'm just going to acknowledge it at the end. We, of course, I'm I'm in my Harry Potter reread, everyone. So we we talked about that briefly at the beginning. I'm glad that it brought you through a tough period. Uh, so anybody cool. that hasn't read it, stop what you're you doing right it. now. Go find it. Um, anyway, I, I'm so grateful you could join us and that you're able to grow our community as well. If you're interested in finding Mallory Nicole, the Abundantly Clear podcast, and where else can we find you? Yeah, that's actually the easiest place to go. Mallory, or excuse me, AbundantlyClearPodcast.com, Mallory-Nicole.com, but my name is Mallory is spelled differently than most people spell yeah, it. I'll and link everything in the show notes yeah, if you want it. Yeah. Check get it out on the, in the email show list notes. so you guys can get the book. That's the biggest thing. That's like the this book is like going to be the best free resource of IP work that it, I mean, it's better. Yeah. I've got almost 300 episodes of my podcast, but really the book is where it's going to be. So awesome. get on the email list so you can get the book. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Mallory for joining me. I love getting to reflect on these. Sometimes I do the in and the out right after we record. And I love that because it's all fresh and it's great. This time I didn't have that opportunity to, to just chew on it and go. I just step away from it because of a conflict. And I have, I realized that this is just as valuable because I had time away to consider the things that stuck and landed in a huge way. I probably need to do that more often. I've even said that before on the podcast. It's nice to step away and then do the reflection. The thing that keeps coming back is that little tiny nefarious language thing that she was like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, do we see the deep stories, the deep internal stories, these self-talk things that we say in our head, and then eventually they come out of our mouth. I'm struggling with this. This is a challenge for me. I'm blank. These are limiting beliefs. They're beliefs that get in the way of our capacity to do the thing that we want to do in the end. They are a lid on our personal performance. I've repeated this from Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast here before. He says, often the leader is the lid on the organization. Mallory said something similar, not in the same way. She said that our teams 
are the force multiplier. It's not us that gets us from five to 10 million. It's team performance. And what is the secret to that team performance? It's about coaching everybody else. It's about modeling the behaviors that we want to see in them. But when we don't do that for ourselves, when we use language like I'm struggling with this, I think there's a really important distinction that we need to talk about here. Being vulnerable and telling your team that you're not perfect is is really important. It's able to say, I'm here. I'm at the same plane as you. We're in this together. You don't have to be right all the time. But saying I'm struggling with this can be a limiting belief brought forward out of your subconscious into the open. Pay attention to what we say. Pay attention to how we approach our people and the language that we use with them. Are we instilling those stories or are we freeing our people to go and attack a new story, a new opportunity in their life? I just, I was so, so struck by that because even days later, I'm still thinking about why do I do that? What is the belief? What is the underlying belief about that? I was reading something the other day that said, we, un, we don't try as a form of self-protection. We don't put full effort forward as a form of saying, well, clearly I didn't get the thing that I wanted. Clearly I didn't get the outcome that I desired because I have this excuse. I didn't try as hard as I want to. Is and this is the question I've been wrestling with, is the I'm struggling with this or this is a challenge for me or different pieces that many of you have heard over and over and over again, are those just self-protection? That's the transparency I'm trying to bring to you guys and I want to bring into my life to say, what can I do better? How can I grow to find my best more consistently? And I want to, I want to have that abundance mindset in my life. Not I'm struggling with this and it's a limit. I want to be open to what's coming to me. And then I want to seek clarity through simplicity, through truth, through reflection. Question yourself. That's what I've been forced to do. That's what the language piece has forced me to do. That's what a coach can do for us and for you. Mallory talks about, I said, what about that imposter syndrome thing that you're going through when you're not ready to make that leap or you're forced to make that leap? So you're a coach, right? Where do we need to be coached? Where do we need to bring reflection into our life? Where can we seek clarity, truth, abundance? Thank you, Mallory, once again, for drawing all that out in that conversation. I hope you found value today. As always, if you do, share it, rate, review, subscribe. Join our community in some way. It helps bring exposure to these ideas, to these voices that I said at the beginning. I'm so grateful I get the opportunity to engage with. If you're interested in connecting with Mallory, check out the, sh the show notes. Go to her website. Can get on the email list and, and engage with her book. Otherwise, the Abundantly Clear podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to her one more time. Thanks to you for being with us. And as always, live eyes up.